Hey y'all, welcome to Shades of Brown, the podcast that discusses the ever-evolving and sometimes contradicting thoughts of a Black millennial. I'm your host, Allie B, and thank you for being here with me. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please be sure to leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Of course, that's if you listen on Apple. <laughs> this week, my guest is Kristen Newton. You may know her on social media as Heart Combos. She's the connection coach, and she helps others master the art of connection in their personal and professional relationships so they can create the community they want and need. Welcome to Shades of Brown. Kristen, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about having this conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Friendship for me is a core value. And of course, listeners, if you're listening to this, you see the title. We're talking about all things friendship and it's a core value for me. And I've been obsessed with Kristen's social media presence. And I just love that you focus on like non-romantic relationships. I think it's so beautiful. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. All the other relationships are so important too. We should be investing into them and and all the things. So thank you again for just creating a platform for this. I'm like, it's a whole platform just for this. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. I'm all about platonic intimacy. I'm all about all the things, deeper connection with all the people in our lives. So let's unpack it. Kristen, what made you create this platform in the first place? Heart Combos. That's a great question. I really struggled um, to have great friendships, I think, for a really long time. Not because I can't even point the finger to the other people. I know a lot of times people write books, they start movements, create platforms from their pain, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> from their failure, all that kind of stuff. And in mine, was absolutely, you know, as a result of, of failure, but not because, you know, people were so bad to me. It was literally because I felt like I had been such a trash friend to people mm. for so long. When I finally figured it out, it felt like such an accomplishment. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to tell everyone I know about, you know, like how to have deep, meaningful connections, you know, specifically in the world of friendship. And so you're absolutely right. People do talk about and champion, you know, dating relationships and marriage absolutely marriage, right? We talk about family dynamics. We also some, you know, in some spaces talk about professional development and what is networking and interpersonal, you know, work look like. But when it comes to friendships, there really isn't a course or a book or a conference or any of that, right? Right. So I have just kind of made up in my mind that I will break the whole system and do yes. all the things. Disruptive sis. I love that. I love that so much. Man, that's good. How did you come to understand the value of friendship, you talk about, you know, <laughs> you were a trash friend, which I'm sure you weren't that bad girl, but. <laughs> oh, honey, I literally have done a TED talk on it. Like you oh, can wow. literally, <laughs> you can literally go to YouTube and type in nine ways to tell if your friends are trash. And I can, I can tell you that I have done all nine of those things, oh, literally man. from, from beginning to end, from wow. relationships are one-sided to yeah. you know, treat other people, you know, they treat other people poorly to their character sucks. They're abusive. They oh, won't fight Jesus. for you or with you. Like all the things oh, like, yes. Mm-hmm. So was it something that you saw growing up? For me, I come from a fairly large family. Well, actually an extremely large family. So it was always instilled that, you know, family was everything. And that we really didn't need friends. So I grew up not thinking I needed friends. What about you? Did you grow up seeing healthy friendships or kind of the same thing? Like, I mean, eh, it's a luxury, not a necessity. Well, let me just tell you, 
shout out to you for being able to make sense of your narrative to already say that I already know the reason why I stand in the position I stand towards friendship is because I grew up with this experience, with this narrative, seeing these things. Let me just tell you, most adults in the world are not doing that. Mm. Are you get what I'm saying? Like they're not able to make sense of their current situation yeah. and they don't have the tools to look back to maybe what has informed yeah. how they've uh, you know, arrived where they are. So I just wanted to shout you out for <laughs> having done that work, okay? Um, what is the narrative? What were my experiences? Well, one, I was a military brat, right? Mm. So that says a whole lot. Um, and that in and of itself, okay? <laughs> like no shade towards military brats, but we we got a lot to navigate, okay? Yeah. But even before that, my mom got pregnant with me um, at a younger age. My dad asked her to marry him because that's what they did back in the day. She said no, um, which I'm I'm thankful for. I think, you know, the, it could have gone a completely different way had she said yes, but she said no. And so then my, my biological father, his name is John, he decided to leave before I got here. And so the first thing that I learned about people at a very young age is that they could leave for no other reason than they wanted to. Then the second thing that I learned um, at a very young age is that nothing lasts forever. So being a military brat, you just, you don't really have like a strong, like awareness of time as a child. You just know that the summers are short (laughs) and the school year is long, right? Yeah. But we moved. We could like wake up one day and it'd be like, oh yeah, we're moving, right? And it's like, how do we even get here? But we've been in this place for three years, four years, and it's time for my dad to be stationed in a different place. And so the narrative was like, oh, this isn't going to last forever. And then people can leave for no other reason than they want to. The question then becomes, what kind of a friend do you think I was? Mm. Having those two stories to be true. Yeah. It was very easy for me. The kids, like, you know, the, the language now is like ghosting and, and canceling. And all. So I was like, oh, yeah, I've been on it. I've been on it. Oh, like, oh, this is over. It's not going to work out. OK, cool. Why? Because that's forever anyway. Did you expect for this to like be lifelong? Like, no, like it is what it is for as long as it is. And then it's not. <laughs> and when it's not, I'm going to move on and we're going to be all right. You get what I'm saying? Like, just it was your girl was cold as ice. So, My God. Um, but this is the, this is what was tricky about it, though. It wasn't out of a, from a malicious, like I'm trying to hurt you, but it was really from a lack of awareness and people really don't start working on their awareness until they start dating people (laughs) because they think to themselves, oh, I got to be aware for this to actually last and actually go somewhere. Right. But we don't have that same respect. We don't give that same respect and dignity to friendship. Um, Therefore, we are not thinking, oh, I have to show up for this hard conversation so that this will last. I have to be honest with you so that this will last. I have to come back and ask your forgiveness because so that this will last. Like we're not thinking that because in our minds, it's not going, where's it going? Right. Yeah. Dating. It's like, Oh, it's going to marriage. It's going to partnership for life. It's going to friendship. Don't ha- doesn't have the protection of a ring. Mm. Right. And so because of that, people don't give it the respect that I think it deserves. I think you're speaking to where, our generation, our culture, just society in general. I think you're speaking to how we get it wrong when it comes to friendship, that we don't place the same value on our friendships versus the romantic ones. Because like you said, we're future focused when it comes to our romantic relationships. We're thinking long-term. Whereas with our friendships, we can, like you said, not intentionally, but just kind of go in it with this. I mean, if it lasts, it lasts. If it doesn't, it doesn't. How can we begin to course correct as a culture? You know, we're so quick to just write folks off in general, as a culture we are. How can we begin to course correct that wrong thinking? 
I love the language that you use when you said future focused. And I, I'm definitely going to take that. So it started, <laughs> it started here, folks. <laughs> it started, it started here. Legit. Like we're not just future focused when it comes to friendship. So I love that. We get it wrong to your point because we don't understand that in order to be incredible boyfriends, girlfriends, spouses, team members, co-workers, bosses, leaders, we have to understand what makes friendship work, um, which is really kind of something that boils down to, to connection. Mm. And so we get, we get relationships wrong because we don't understand the power and the art of connection. Mm. And, and that, that's, really, that's, really, that's, that's really what happens. We don't, we think that it's about how I relate to you. like in title, right? In behavior, if the behavior looks this way, then you get this title and then we can be, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever we are. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, yes, on some level, yes, but that's only one level. And that framework of thinking does not encompass the ebb and flow of life, the transition of life. It doesn't also make space for pandemics. (laughs) It doesn't work for tragedy. It doesn't work for uh, depression. It doesn't work for the heaviness, you know what I'm saying? Like humanity that comes with each individual that's, that seeks to engage. Does that make sense? Yes. And so when we don't have frameworks for how we will, how we do our relationships that are built on connection, then again, what happens is we build these, these fragile little houses and we try to stuff all this stuff in. Yeah. And then we wonder, well, why isn't this working? Does that make sense? But if I have a framework for connection that makes space for you being absent because you're going through a depressive state or makes space for a pandemic to happen and we not have to question the relationship yeah. that you haven't called in three months, you get what I'm saying? Or whatever it might be. Like when we have frameworks for how all of this works, then we have a better chance of measuring the success, you know what I'm saying? Like, or the health of a relationship dynamic. And I just believe that people don't have enough tools to do that part. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we can talk about relationship dynamics all we want. We can talk about people's individual experiences all we want. But if I'm only sharing things with you that have worked for me, then I'm not setting you up for success. If I'm only sharing things for you that are with you that will only work when there's not a pandemic, then it, it, mm-hmm. this is not going to go far. Like if I'm only sharing things with you that are going to work in your 20s, because I hear that all the time. Like, well, we're not in our 20s anymore. We married. We got kids. Life be happening. People trying to box up. We trying to get the bag. We trying to... I'm not. okay. so what I'm suggesting is you have a framework in your life that works beyond college, that you have a framework in your life that works beyond y'all being in the same city, doing the same thing, having the same thing to talk about. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, because let me tell you, that will be the exception for most adults to have the privilege of being like linked with someone in the same way their entire life. So you need to figure out how you're going to sustain and maintain your deep, meaningful connections or allow your connections to ebb and flow and grow and not always have to feel like it means losing friendships, losing people, having to sever ties and burn bridges and walk away and find yourself in isolation with this discouraged feeling of, I don't want to have to start all over it. Man, this is so good. This is so, 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 so good. Because like you said, it is a privilege to to have that sort of convenience, you know? And what we end up finding out is like, oh, a lot of our friendships have just been, that's been the only basis is convenience, is, you know, how close we are. We we go to the same church, we um, work at the same place, you know, we have similar age kids, you know, it's like convenience. But what happens when someone moves or when 
relationship dynamics change in their in their lives, right? Or it's so many different pieces. And I totally can relate to a piece of that, you know, because I've moved around a lot as well. Not military brat, but you would think so. And I always say, you know, folks will be so close to me. And I'm like, all right, we'll see when I leave, <laughs> when I have to move, we shall see how close we are. And it, and I find that it's often, you know, um, a major test to see where we stand in connection, right? Because proximity is, like you said, it's a privilege. It's not a determining factor of the depth of the connection. It's a privilege, right? So all of what you're saying is, is super, super powerful. And what you're saying, what I hear you saying is that, it takes the same work and effort in our friendships as it does in our romantic stuff too, because we are ever changing. We are ever evolving humans. And I, I'm not married. I know you are, and you can speak to this better. Is that, But when you go into a covenant, right, you are agreeing that no matter how much we individually change, we are going to remain connected in partnership. That same, I, that same concept, that same commitment has to go into a friendship as well, because it's like, Stuff gonna change. Stuff is dynamics are are forever moving. Like you said, pandemic, externally and internally, things are ever changing. What about that commitment? No. <laughs> correct, correct. Which is a skill, like mm. that that people learn to develop when they understand the art and the skill of connection. So you say you have a TED talk on you know on how we can identify <laughs> and measure trash friends. What is the measure? Of a good friend. Ooh, that's that's a great question. Um, I would say that's a great question. So this is what comes off top, okay? Mm -hmm. Just in a way that maybe people can remember it. Uh, Empathy, Mm. honesty, authenticity, transparency, vulnerability. Let's unpack that further because I feel like you just had some heavy hitting words that we we mess all those things up. <laughs> Empathy, uh-huh. <laughs> vulnerability, trans. We we mess those things up. It like it's epic fail across the board. <laughs> So many ways, right? Because yeah. um, you know, you talk about empathy, right? That means I think about somebody other than myself, right? And um, transparency, where it's like that goes beyond honesty, right? And vulnerability, like help us to see why these individual things are so important to the success of a friendship. Absolutely. So I think first things first before I break down kind of these these five things that I'm are that I think could be measuring mm-hmm. sticks for yeah. um, quality friends. I mean, because there's so there's so many things, but a lot of those things will, should fall under one of these five categories. Yeah. People first have to understand that they need to have more than two extremes for how they 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 um, categorize their relationships, which ex- essentially usually is we're either close or we're not. Mm. It's a very binomial view for how we uh, see the people in our life. You're either really important or you're not. You either matter or you don't. <laughs> you, you get what I mean? And so yeah. when you have these two extremes for which you place the people in your life, which I'm sure people wouldn't say that, but like out of their mouth, so that's why I say it. Okay. <laughs> so we could just put it out there. It's like, when you have this, you're, you're not setting yourself up for success. See, people have to understand that there's too much nuance in life, right? And in our humanity as people to have two huge filing categories for how we're then relating to all of those different people who are in all those different spaces, right? And so what you have to understand 
is that there has to be space for the nuance and you have to have language for the nuance. The reason why most people are challenged and frustrated and disappointed and they're in a, I quit. Like I can't, I don't, I'm not doing people right now. Matter of fact, all of 2022, I'm only inviting good vibes only and all the things, which let me just, can I just a little caveat about good vibes only? (laughs) Every good, I'm not suggesting that you should not have desire for good vibes. This mindset of good vibes and everything else has to go. One, you don't make space for yourself, right, to be human. What you then do is you create an unrealistic expectation in yourself to reject everything that doesn't feel good. That might sound like a good plan up front on paper, but in real life, we need to have the language and the tools and the freedom to be wherever we are, whenever we are, and not to try to spend our life avoiding all bad things, but to have the tools and the skill and the ability, the skill set to navigate bad things. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Things that don't feel good, things that are icky, things that, that rub us the wrong way. Like good vibes only resists tension, conflict, disruption, difficulty, stress, like all that stuff. When we know that all of those things are ingredients for growth, are ingredients yeah. for maturity, yeah. are ingredients for health. You get what I'm saying? Like we need that stuff. So this good vibes only movement that we on right now, everybody, they filtered and they, you know, whatever. Like, I'm like, <laughs> you're not serving. You're, I don't think you're, and I was going to do a post about this. You're not really serving yourself the way that you think you're serving yourself by mandating good vibes only. Mm. Okay. And you're also not, you're not serving other people. What you're essentially communicating to other people is, um, uh, Oh, somebody, somebody said it recently. Um, I have a quote somewhere that, uh, <laughs> I think I thought, Oh, this, this'll, this'll do it. Brene Brown says, Good vibes only essentially means my comfort is more important than your reality. Mm. My comfort is more important than your reality. So if your reality is not good vibes, don't bring that over here because I'm trying to stay in my comfort. Does that make sense? So we're going back to these extremes like of relationship dynamics and people have to understand that, yes, you have deep, meaningful relationships and you have relationships that are not deep and not meaningful. But then you sometimes have relationships that are deep and not meaningful or meaningful and not deep. And when you can understand what those four relationship dynamics like mean, then you you feel more and more comfortable with the nuance of what some of the relationship dynamics bring. And it helps you to reset boundaries, to have expectations that are uh, healthy, that are realistic. Right. You're more likely to get your needs met when you understand those frameworks. So when it, so I say that to say, if you have that in place, then when we talk about, well, what are we looking for? Like for friendships, we're looking for empathy, not people who can walk in our shoes because we can't, people can't walk in our shoes. It's just not, it's not possible. And you shouldn't spend a whole lot of time trying to imagine that you can. What you can do though, is practice listening, practice believing what people say when they actually share, and then practice doing your best to relate human to human. You know what I mean? And even if you can't relate like to their circumstance, you can relate to the humanity of it all, right? And so that's the empathy piece. Honesty, half of us are lying to ourselves every day. Therefore, we don't believe ourselves every day. And it makes it more difficult than to believe others. 
Mm, that's powerful. So, so if we would just stop telling ourselves that we're better than what we actually are, if we mm. would stop telling ourselves that we are who we are not, that you know what I mean? Like there's the negative self-talk too. Like people who are, you're telling yourself that you're not worthy, that you're stupid, that you can't, you know what I'm saying? That you, like, wait a minute, you're an image bearer of God. What are you talking about? Let's just start there. Like yeah. before you before you came with an, anything to offer to the table, Hello. you were made you were made in the image of God. You know what I'm saying? Before you were in your mother's womb, God knew you. You know what I'm saying? Like He had plans for you. You know what I mean? So you didn't qualify. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you. So so yeah. there's no there's no pressure to be disqualified. You know what I mean? You were already you didn't qualify. You were already disqualified, right? If we're talking about just from a faith standpoint, yeah. so it's kind of like you were already like given worth and value when you came. So again, that that is the honest truth. You know, whether or not you believe that, you I know what I'm saying? That. Like is on is on you. So we're not being honest with ourselves, which makes it again to be honest with other people and to receive honesty from other people. But when we can do that, and when you meet people who are honest, it does create more freedom than I think people think. People think, well, if I'm honest, it's gonna like stink up the place, it's gonna be tense, it's gonna be whatever. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like th- like truth is what actually sets you free you know what i mean like and so there's the honesty piece we think about authenticity again most people who look themselves in the mirror don't know who they are yeah like full-grown adults killing it at their job getting a bag married got kids whatever it might be all those things are great but when you look yourself in the mirror you don't know who you are you don't know why you are and you can't explain to other people how you are and so when it's time to show up, we are more than likely seeking validation, seeking acceptance and approval than we are thinking like, I have the, like, I get to go into this space and plant seeds. I get to go into this space and with something to get. Most people are showing up looking to receive. And in, and in order to get something from somebody, you have to be something that they like. And so it's like, well, who do I need to be in order to gain your, your like or your approval or your yes, right? Oh, Yeah. And so speak to the people pleasers out there. Hello. I'm a recovering people pleaser. I understand. And there's no, (laughs) listen, no judgment. Been there, done that. Yeah. And it doesn't serve you or the spaces that you're in. And so incredible friends create spaces for you to be your most authentic self. And they are, they are their most authentic self. Right. Um, And again, all of these are skills. Let me just say that this is not something that people just have and people, some people just don't. And that's great news for me, because let me tell you, if it was a matter of just natural ability, <laughs> your girl would have been written. Like I didn't <laughs> listen. No, I had everything working against me again yeah. from birth. Yeah. Like working against me from birth for why this rela- relationship just don't work. They just, and not even, not all of it is rooted in some deep, trauma and like mm, yes. and this and this betrayal people think that i gotta get my whole life broken in this big scandal and corruption mm-hmm. oh no like legit i literally just relocated every three to four years yep my mind literally to this day i'm almost 40 years old and my mind still tells me it's time it's it's time to do something else mm. like it's time, it's time it's time to move on like a clock goes off yeah. every three four years hey, yeah all right we bored with this move on we bored with this move on Right. It's only in my maturity that I learned to stick with stuff. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so that's the authenticity piece. The last two pieces with transparency and vulnerability, I think that you made a comment earlier about how transparency is even further along the line than honesty. And it's true. I think transparency is not just telling the truth, but allowing telling the truth about the things that people can't see unless you reveal them. That is transparency. Yes. Right. 
like opening yourself up in a world to be honest about what people can't see so that your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions, your perspective, your beliefs, like that's transparency. Yeah. Um, vulnerability does take that even a step further in that not only are you sharing things, specifically things that people can't see, but you're also sharing things that people can wound you with. Yeah. And we've gotten really good at like just sharing surface stuff. And then maybe we step into sharing things that are a little bit beyond the surface, but we definitely not trying to share stuff that you can actually weaponize against me. You yep. can use against me. You can use it to take advantage of me. And I'm like, Hey, that's vulnerability. Like yeah. the formula, the formula for being the most unconditionally loved and accepted and, and, and to feel the most seen and the most hurt is the exact same formula for being the most egregiously hurt. Yeah. You cannot escape it it's risky like, it it is but it reaps the most reward when you are met vulnerability with vulnerability yes yes i quote this so often i'm gonna say it again here my pastor shout out to pastor brandon clack of all nations memphis uh he says this there is no victory without vulnerability and it's just, it's, it is what it is. It's risky, but like, like you were saying, Kristen, it's the reward. It, it's worth it, um, which is why we need discernment, right? And this is where <laughs> we need the power of the Holy Ghost, because it's just like, we can't be out here being vulnerable with just anybody, right? <laughs> like on day one, hey, 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 trying this vulnerability thing out. <laughs> like, nah. <laughs> um, this is all so incredibly powerful. And I've got to go back to something you said earlier about the good vibes thing. I have to say it. It's it's so ingrained in us because I'm all about vulnerability. I quote Brene Brown every week about in, in some conversation, I'm quote me, I'm quoting Brene Brown, right? I'm all about um, you know, dismissing and getting rid of and alleviating shame and all of these things, right? But even still, someone who, you know, someone like me who quote unquote is doing the work or, you know, who is trying to, you know, grow in emotional maturity. Even still, it is ingrained in me that I don't want to disrupt anyone's comfort. Therefore, I will isolate before I disrupt your good vibes. And I didn't even know how bad it was until just recently I was at my church and someone who does not know me came to me and ministered to me and read me for filth. And this man was like, come out of isolation. Come out of isolation. You have, like, he was like, you have community. Stop hiding yourself. There are people who are going to love you and accept you right now, just as you are. With this healing thing, it's back and forth. It's ebbs and flows. It's up and down. Healing is not linear. And I found myself in a space where I'm not at my peak anymore, um, where I'm not as quote unquote whole. I feel very I mean, transparent, quite broken right now. So I'm like, well, let me just wait until I get back to my healthy space before I'm as available as a friend, right? Which unfortunately has compromised the quality of some of my friendships right now because I I even told them like, hey, y'all, I just ain't got much to give right now, right? But because of that, because I don't feel that I don't have as much to give, let me isolate. Instead of just saying, hey, y'all, I'm in a different space. Just work with me. I say, hey, I'm in a different space. So let me just bow out. Temporarily, I'll be back, <laughs> you know, but it, but it's beginning because it's, it's my way of protecting both me and them, right? Because, hey, it's, it's good vibes. We Everyone's trying to, you know, protect their happy and let me help you protect your happy by just isolating myself. But that's just not the way this should be. There should be spaces. And, and, 
And I admit, I do have amazing friends. I do have people who will allow me to be my full self. I do have people who will allow me to be broken and beautiful, right? But if that thinking is like, no, no, I, I just, it's a good vibe. <laughs> good vibe. <laughs> so yeah, you, you've challenged me even to, to, to be okay with not always having good vibes. So I just had to go back to that because it was so powerful. Girl, you're preaching. You're saying here's some good the, stuff. Here's the thing. I wonder how many people, first of all, I just want to thank you for your vulnerability because that's extremely vulnerable for you to share what you share. Thank you. I believe that there are so many people who are in that exact same space, like on everything, like people who are exhausted, burnt out, tired, um, needing something, um, longing for something. You use the word broken. Again, whatever language people have that to, to communicate, I'm not at my peak is what I heard you say. Yeah. I'm not at my best right now. And because I'm not at my best right now, I'm going to do the world a favor and pull back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bow out. I'm going to do my world a favor. I'm going to uh, do my friends a favor. I'm going to do my family a favor. I'm going to do my boo, my babe, my whoever yeah. a favor. And by, why? Because I don't want to disrupt your good vibes. Mm-hmm. I don't want to disrupt your peace. I don't want to disrupt your happy. I don't want to disrupt whatever it is that you got going on. How many people are miserable in that space? Mm. Like desperate for connection, desperate to be seen in their low place. Because then if you if you live by that, now you have to get yourself together first before you show back up in the fold before you show back up in the flock, you have to go find something to bring to the, if you're not offering nothing, if you're not bringing anything to the table, like if you're, you know what I'm saying? Don't come up in here. You know what I'm saying? What do you hear? When we say it out loud, yes. This, yes. This, is, this is the thing. I'm like, can, can we just say out loud the things that we're saying? Like it's cool <laughs> on a 15 second reel to be like good vibes only, yeah. <laughs> glitter, eyelashes, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Like, okay, but when we really just take good vibes only and break it down, you're telling people who are in the exact same space that you are, like, I can't make space for you right now. Mm -hmm. And even if you're not saying that out of your mouth, you're posting enough posts and pictures and affirming enough of this mainstream jargon for the people in your life to feel like, I can't bring that to them. Like, she just celebrated, you know what I'm saying, this win over here. He just did this. As if we are not supposed to be developing communities and spaces where people who are whole and broken can coexist at the same time. Yeah. People who are up and people who are down can can coexist at the same time. Like as far as I'm concerned, we are all on a journey. And if you are further ahead, like of me or feeling stronger than me, then why can't you hold my arms up in my, Mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, that's Mm. what I need. But we're pretty much telling people like, if you can't, Keep it up and stay up and stay ahead. You're going to get left behind. And we're hiding like this, this mindset, this culture, this way behind memes and signs from, from Ross, you know, or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, you're building your, you're building your life on it? But you think about it. Live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, love. Let me tell you something about live, laugh, love. Again, I'm not saying it. Like, don't hear me saying it. That we should not celebrate life, celebrate laughter, you know what I'm saying? Celebrate life. I, we absolutely need all those things. 
the, all those things though should be able to coexist. Yeah. Like laughter is like, um, is like a good medicine to mm-hmm. the bones, according to the scriptures, right? Mm-hmm. Who needs medicine? Oop. You understand what I'm saying? My like, God. like all of this, if laughter is like a good medicine to the bones, it implies that, that the people who are like sick or not well, or who are low, like could, would, would benefit the most from laughter, yeah. right? You don't just laugh with people who are sad, you know what I'm saying? But, but, but that laughter that you promote, that you champion should be shared with those who don't have it. Yeah. I love that the word of God says that God is near to the brokenhearted and the contrite heart. He does not despise. Yeah. We are despi- It's almost like the complete opposite of God's heart. Like to despise people who are not like you brokenhearted. What? Yeah. You have a contrite heart. What? You're low. What? Like, I don't need that next to me. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing, and I'm not saying it again, that this is where it's kind of like, well, KB, what do we do with all of these things that are true at the very same time? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. And if you don't understand how connection works, you're going to think the only way to keep my connections strong is to not be connected to anything else. That's not strong. When in actuality, that's not necessarily true. Mm. Again, I'm off the soapbox. Sorry. No, this is good because it goes into what I want to ask next, which is how do we show up for our friends, you know, who are transitioning, who are going through all the things, right? Because you showed us, you know, you've broken down how we can measure a good friend. Okay. Now that we have decided to be a quality friend, how do we show up as that quality friend? When our friends are low, when they're experiencing a divorce, when they are sick, right? When because we we not and we're not teenagers no more. We're not in our twenties. Like real life be happening out here. Adulting is is ghetto. <laughs> you know, like we got friends whose parents are battling cancer, or maybe our friends are battling cancer, right? Or lupus, or all kinds of stuff, right? Or even with COVID, maybe you know that took their health on decline, or. Um, they lost a job, right? Like life be life in. How do we show up um, as a quality friend when our friends are are in a really low place? That's a great, great question. Um, and it makes me think about a quote um, that I heard from a woman named Hannah Chidron, I think is her name. Um, and she says, only when we know our own darkness will or can we be present in the darkness of others mm. only when we know our own darkness can we our own darkness well can is when we can be present in the darkness of others and i think that that speaks to so many things like the reason why it is hard for people to stand with others in their dark is because they've not actually stood in their own dark mm. well Years and years of attachment research continue to show us that the, pe- the difference between people who have deep, meaningful connections and those who don't, people who have incredible relationships and those who don't, people who know how to form healthy attachments and those who don't, is those people have done the work to connect well to themselves. Mm-hmm. You said it earlier. You're like, even though I'm doing the work, I'm still struggling to X, Y, and Z. Well, let me just say, one, if you're doing the work, if you're on the journey of doing the work, you're already ahead of the rest. I said that at the very beginning of the episode. The fact that you could, you know what I'm saying? You had language to kind of describe, you know, even unconsciously, just to describe like, I already know why I approach friendships the way that I did because I grew up hearing this. A lot of people have not done their own work to connect healthily with themselves. So then when they, when bad vibes are around or when someone is struggling, when someone, uh, you know, um, 
is, you know, speaking negative words out of their mouth, all that kind of stuff. They're like, I got to get away from that. I got to get away from that. I would encourage people who have not done their own work to, to be mindful of that. You know what I mean? You absolutely have to run away from that kind of thinking, that kind of world. If you're not in the habit of already knowing how to repel that stuff, does that make sense? Like, you know, people will say it when people are doing their work, they're able to immediately, whenever they meet a person, distinguish, like break down the kind of individual that's standing in front of them Mm -hmm. based on what they're saying how they respond to things. Like after you have enough information about a person, you can then you've collected enough data to then make the next decision. I'm not saying you can make a decision about the future of the relationship and all that kind of stuff necessarily. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, people grow, people change, people mature, but at least with the information that you have, you know what to do with it. So the question becomes like, how can we know how to better handle the information that we gather from people as when we meet them in whatever phase of life they are, the way that you do that is by being in the habit of gathering information about yourself and doing something with that. Does that make sense? But if you're in the habit of seeing a part of yourself that you don't like and then muffling it, stuffing it down, yeah. ignoring it, acting yeah. like it's not there, then when you see stuff in other people, guess what you're going to do? Act like it's not there. Muffle it. Stuff it down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, like ignore it. It's this, You know what I'm saying? Like, But when you're in the habit of setting boundaries, you know what I'm saying? And you know what the boundary is, you have boundaries. Then when you meet people, you can measure like what's a good distance between the two of us to which we can both remain healthy in this relationship work. Yeah. You can be closer to me and I'm good and you're good. Okay, cool. Or actually this close, you're good, but I'm not good. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, or further back there, like I long for you more, but maybe you're saying that this is good. Like you do know what I mean? Like you yeah. can do that work. So I hope that's that's helpful. Start with you. That's how you're going to do well for your friends. That's how you're going to do better in your relationships with other people. Start with you. Stop always assuming that it's the other person. Most people, that's, this is what a lot of people believe. This is what I'm discovering in my work. I think the research points to this. I think that literally what I am learning and what people need to understand is that it's not always the other person. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would go as far to say that it's really not ever the other person because no matter who's standing in front of you, it doesn't dictate who you are and what you decide to do from it. Yeah. You can be standing in front of the most toxic person on the planet. If you're healthy, you know exactly how you want to proceed. And that might not look one way for every person. For some people, they're like, okay, I recognize right now that you already got something going on, but I'm about to go ahead and still have this conversation. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to go ahead and still enter, knowing exactly what I'm walking into. The thing that's going to keep me safe is I see you exactly for who you are. And I'm not going to be shocked later when you continue to show up this way. Yeah, I just know. That based on what I am seeing, I can now make adjustments. Most people don't have the tools or the resources or the confidence to do that because they've never done it before. Yeah. It absolutely scares them to think, I could be in a relationship with a toxic person. You absolutely can. You <laughs> absolutely could. I'm not saying that that should be your goal in life, but if you find some, you don't have to like panic and run and be afraid and then assume and then project that fear onto every person that you meet when all of those people actually aren't toxic at all. But you didn't made yourself a professional toxic, you know what I'm saying, observer, you're like, you know, all the research for the seven signs of all things toxic. And it's like, you're not helping yourself. Yeah. So I'm going to stop there. That's so good. Um, 
So I'm a person who, because I don't always pick up on like social cues or nuances in conversations, I ask a ton of questions like to prevent assumption. Let me just ask some clarifying questions. And I know it can be uh, off-putting to some, to, some, to, to some of my friends because I'm very direct. Like, hey, what do you need? Right. But even that, right, if, if they're in a little place or they're going through, when I ask that question for them to even respond properly, they have to they have to know what they need. Right. So it goes back to what you said. They have to be aware. They have to be in tune and deeply connected with themselves to even tell me how to be a better friend to them. Right. Because I'm not going to guess. Listen. I'm all about love languages. I'm all about knowing your attachment style, knowing your Enneagram. Give me all the tools so I can be the best friend to you, right? So you tell me what you need from me, sis. What you need, bro? Um, because I want to best support you in every season, right? If you need some space, let me know. If you need me to lean in, let me know, right? But they still have to know that in order to give me and provide me and arm me with the tools I need, right? So I think it really all does go back to that self-work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to reiterate though, that communication is everything, right? Like ask the questions, don't assume one of the four agreements is by, what is his name? Don Miguel Ruiz, um, is I think number one is don't make assumptions, right? Um, ask the clarifying questions, ask your friends, like I'm, I'm a little bit extra. <laughs> so there was one year, um, this was a couple of years ago. I was like, all right, I need friendship assessments. Like we need evaluations. Like I want to make sure I am being a good friend. I literally scheduled phone calls with all of my friends. Like, am I, am I doing okay? Am I, am I a good friend? You know, what do you need from me? And like, this is what I need from you. And I'm so extra, but it was like a whole like performance eval for my friendships. I don't do that anymore, you guys. I'm not that extra anymore. anymore. But is, is that, for about is that it? <laughs> It's it's just that important to me because relationships are everything. Relationships are everything. Okay, you can't do nothing without relationships. I don't care what these folks tell you. You can't do nothing without relationships. Can I can I just say this though? I am also an assessment individual. I'm also I'm all about a test, a disc, a Myers Briggs, a Strength Finders, Enneagrams, yes. <laughs> and then we're gonna go deep and we're gonna do your wings, your sub, your sub <laughs> numbers, all all of the things. Okay, I'm here for all of that. And I think because of the culture that we live in right now, what happened with millennials and the birth of the internet is it was the first generation that could get information without wisdom. So we have have access and you talk, you're talking to a millennial, like I'm right there, right? So we have access to every, every test, every assessment, because we want somebody to tell us how the heck to do this human thing, right? Like, oh, y'all didn't study, y'all some read some books. Well, tell me then what I am, how I am, who I am, so I can figure it out. And you know what I'm saying? Like, tell the people in my life, send them this yeah. this this email, right? Forward <laughs> them these results and this number. Now go look up all you need to look up, and that's gonna be me. And I think that's fine, but I think there's a lack of wisdom sometimes about mm. what to do with the information that we have it. And that is where we find ourselves paralyzed. I, people say information overload. I call it obese with knowledge. So now you're, you're so obese with knowledge and you're not actually using that knowledge as fuel, kind of like food is fuel, right? To give us energy to do, right? So we now have all this information that we've ingested that should be giving us energy to love our friends well, except we don't know how to actually put in action all the things that we're learning. But that's also because we've been 
born and bred into a system that says we reward the people who have the most knowledge, whether they're doing anything with it or not. Period. Girl, you are preaching. So all I'm saying is we gonna keep keep the assessments coming, but people at some point need to learn to do something with the knowledge that they have and put that knowledge inside of a framework that can then work for them, which is what I do. And I think that is what is setting my work apart, what I do apart, because I'm like, yeah, now that you have all this information, let's use it to connect instead of using it to judge, using it to assume, using it to, you know what I'm saying? Like all the things, does that make sense what I'm saying? Like, let, let, like I'm like, this generation could completely just change the way that humanity has been existing for so long if we actually can figure out what to do with all of the information that we have. Because let me tell you, people feel so good after they even listen to a podcast, they listen to a podcast, they watch a series, they read a book and they like, oh my God. And they have this hopeful anticipation that their life will change, not actually ever having done anything with the information that they have. Why are you stepping on all of my little toes? I mean, you just like- Baby, that's because that's where I was. People always like, Katie, why are you coming from my neck? What you talking about your neck? This is my neck. (laughs) (laughs) this is my neck I just been my neck (laughs) my whole life like I get it sis that's why I'm telling people I'm like there's no judgment it just this is just the honest truth that if you're willing to if your eyes are open and you feel more aware like oh my god like I get it then now you're what has before been an unconscious ignorance is now a conscious ignorance. You know, like, oh, I know I need to be doing something different. And now you have a decision to make. And you can then decide, like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this information I have and do something with it. Only thing is most people don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And then that's where it's like, okay, so my job is not to be more another researcher, not to try to do what other people are already doing very well, I might add, but giving people spaces to do something with it, which is again why I have challenges, why I have coaching programs, why I have communities that people can like join and actually start doing the work. Yeah. Oh. I'm already feeling a part two in my in my spirit, in my shanana. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have like I have so many more questions. I'm just like, oh, mm. this is just so good. But we, we do have to wrap it up. So okay. please do tell us a bit about the coaching programs you have, about all the ways we can um support and patronize and get it get in on this like not information but like the the opportunity to actually do the work and become a better friend and, and to connect better tell us about the things there are a few ways that people can work with me right they can work with me uh from a distance or they can work with me up close and personal and so if people just want to kind of work with me from a distance they i mean you absolutely just can, can follow me anywhere at heart combos um, H-E-A-R-T underscore C-O-N-B-O-S, Heart Combos, and watch content and just ingest a lot of what I have said in this episode in bite-sized pieces. But then from there, if you're like, oh my gosh, like I need something else, I do have an app. And so people can um, look into my app. They can become members on in the app and just have access to, again, deeper content. It's like a more private social media space where there are some courses inside of there. There's longer form content, longer videos that you can watch that kind of take a more in-depth dive into a lot of the topics that I talk about. But I tell people the best place to start is kind of right here in the middle, and that's inside of my Make Better Connections Challenge. And so I have a challenge that I have run almost every month. It's not every month. So if you do see one coming up, you might want to jump on it because there could be a month or two months that I don't do one. 
But my Make Better Connection Challenge literally is a five-day virtual experience where people can lean in for five days and they can learn how to make better connections. At the end of the day, it's not about the other person. It's not about specific relationships or the dynamic. It doesn't matter what situation or circumstance you're in. It doesn't matter if you need help with your relationships individually or professionally. Like if you understand the art of connection and know how to make better connections, every single relationship in your life has potential to be incredible. And so the Make Better Connections Challenge, I think, is the best investment for what you get. Again, it's essentially five days of training with me. And if you're really about that life, you can upgrade your general admission experience to a VIP experience and have an additional hour of coaching with me daily. And so that's the best thing. But for people who are like, yo, I've actually been doing this work for a long time. I love what it is you're saying. I want to get like plugged into your world, your community, like connect with you weekly. Then I have a coaching space um, full of women that uh, have been doing this work with me for a couple of years now. Um, they also have access to my Yodas is what I call them. My mentors, my coaches who come into that space a couple of times a month and also invest into the people that have, that I invest into. Um, I always tell people like, wouldn't it be cool to learn from my teacher? <laughs> right. And so um, in my coaching spaces, people can make that commitment to walk for or walk with me for six months or a year um, in that space. And again, those are high ticket coaching spaces. But the Make Better Connections Challenge, I think general admission is like like $100 or something like that for the five days. And I think the VIP experience is like $197 or $297, one of those. I, I don't remember, but there's that. And so, again, people who want do-it-yourself coaching programs, like, hey, I just want a nine-week experience that I can just watch a video series and touch base with you maybe at the beginning and at the end of it. Or people are like, no, week to week, I want to be leaning into your world and be challenged and grow and develop and have assessments and let's measure my success and my growth. That is available for people if they want to for the entire year. So people can learn about all of those those things in those spaces at heartconvos.com. Or if they want to do the challenge, which is, again, what I would recommend, you can go to makebetterconnections.com. Wonderful. That's incredible. Y'all get in on this, okay? We all need this. <laughs> I'm over here like, I'm a wonderful friend. I have great connections. But sis is like... You need some work. <laughs> you're killing it. I'm telling you, you're killing it. From the time she opened your mouth, I've been I've been praising you all episode. Listen, I'm like, oh no, you about this life. I can tell. And I'm not saying that you've arrived and I, let me just tell you a little secret. I have not even. Like, I just might be a little further along the journey than you are, which again, you know, I feel a moral obligation not to help everybody, but to help people who feel like they can be helped by me. Yeah. Right. And which really makes it easier for me for people who are like, oh, yeah, you're my person and I love you. And I just resonate with all your content. And I'm like, great. You might be one. You might be my people. There are other people like, I don't like them. OK. In the freedom I have, baby, to show up as almost authentic self and to know that I will land with some people and there will be people who listen to this episodes whose hearts feel like they're about to bust out their chest. Yeah. I'm like, that's a good sign. That might mean that you and I align, right? Yeah. But then there might be other people who didn't even make it to this part of the episode or, really, or at this point are like, shut up, honey. Like, you know, then I'm like, hey, I might not, I might not be for you. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Thank you so 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 much, and I'm I'm serious. If you're if you're down for it, I think it's part two is necessary because I'm just like Absolutely. I want I want to get Absolutely. into like when do you mend a relationship versus end a relationship, and like how do friendships like it's it's just so much more. It's so much absolutely. more. Absolutely, <laughs> I, I will um, give you my word here on air that I would absolutely be down for a part two. Oh, wonderful! Yay! Okay, so y'all look out for that. For now, let's get into our next segment, brownie points. This is our quick segment where we give ourselves kudos for something that we've done recently 
accomplished recently that we were really proud of, it could be the simplest thing, okay? It could be making your bed because, hello, that is a hard task and you're dealing with depression, all right? So whatever that thing is for you, give yourself brownie points in this moment. Just take a small moment of silence, write it down, post it on Facebook. I don't care. Whatever you do, I just want you to honor yourself in this moment for something you're proud of. Give yourself brownie points. So, Kristen, what are you giving yourself brownie points for today? The first thing that popped up was for submitting a proposal to a potential client that I would have never imagined having the opportunity to work with. So that was, nope. that was huge. It's, it's a, it's scary. It's, yeah. it's, you know, putting yourself out there, you know, as an asset to someone and not that I need their validation. I don't, but the excitement about the possibility sometimes yeah. feels really vulnerable. Right. Yeah. Cause if it's like, man, if I allow myself to be excited, and then it doesn't happen, right? Like I'm telling you, the thief of joy, man, always man. trying to cut, always in there. So, so for me, the brownie points, like you did that. You submitted the proposal. It's in God's hands now at this yeah. point. You know what I'm saying? If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. But I can still be excited about the possibility yeah. because it just, it affirms that even if this doesn't work out, there's so many possibilities out there. And that you did it. And then yeah. I did it. That's incredible. I am giving myself brownie points for um, making a huge decision that um, kind of goes against my uh, what I thought was like a core thing for me. Like I'd never do this, but I had to disconnect from something professional. I had to disconnect from a professional relationship because it was like, it, y'all, it was it was really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept wrestling with it, like Lord, I don't want to give up because yada yada yada. I'm gonna fight to the end. And Holy Spirit finally gave me the release, like, girl, you can disconnect from anything that's parasitic. So I'm giving myself brownie points for, for choosing me. That's my brownie there point. There we go. Come on. Come on. So yeah, whatever oh, yours oh. is, give yourself brownie points, y'all. Give yourself brownie points. You did something that's worthy of honor and celebration, all right? So thank you again, Kristen, for being here. And for my listeners, please uh, follow me on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Shades Brown Podcast. TikTok at Mother Wound Healer. And I'm also on YouTube as well now. You can look up these episodes, Shades of Brown Podcast on YouTube as well. Share with your friends, leave a five-star rating. And also, if you want to buy some Shades of Brown merch, you can do that. The link is in my bio on my social media pages, or you can just go directly to everythingalleyb.myspreadshop.com. And also, if you want to start a podcast, but you don't know where to start, hit me up. I got you. And I will leave you with this. I hope that you be well, that you love well, and that you be loved well. You deserve that. Until next time, bye.